From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's Going to the Cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. The civil war between the Targaryens has started in House of the Dragon. And if those names are unfamiliar to you, well, you probably haven't seen Game of Thrones, the parent television series to House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is the spin-off prequel series that follows the Targaryen dynasty as it crumbles in the civil war known as the Dance of the Dragons. The Dance of the Dragons is a very famous event that ultimately informs the Targaryen dynasty's downfall that eventually led to Game of Thrones. And now you might be saying, did you just spoil the show? No, it's a predetermined ending because Game of Thrones starts off with the last of the Targaryens mentioning their dynasty no longer being, you know, a thing. So so House of the Dragon essentially is a show that starts off at the height of the Targaryen dynasty. The Targaryens have been ruling for hundreds and hundreds of years with the usage of dragons. Viserys Targaryen, the king, is going through, let's just say, some changes as he has yet to inherit a male heir. And he has only his daughter, Rhaenyra Targaryen, who he loves very much and is often seen as the light of the realm. Rhaenyra Targaryen is named heir at the end of the first episode, but then this leads into a very difficult conflict because then he marries his, well, let's just say Rhaenyra's uh, best friend slash lover slash like sapphic friend. I don't know. We'll say sapphic friend because it has lesbian overtones. I love it, though. So Rhaenyra's best friend, Alison Hightower, eventually marries Viserys Targaryen. And so Alison Hightower gives some children up, gives him some children. And then it is the conflict between what it really is outside of just being the general beginnings and setup for the Targaryen civil war in which two fractions, the blacks and the greens fight each other. It is also the conflict between Rhaenyra Targaryen and her childhood best friend, Alison Hightower. And I have to say, this is some exciting, compelling, beautifully written television drama. This is the type of television you need to be watching. If you have not been watching this show, I have not spoiled anything super major. I've only given you a little bit. Go watch it and then come back to this review because you're missing out on it. This show, House of the Dragon, is an excellent excellent first season of television this is a great setup for the rest of the show and i just found myself every week engaged with what was going on wanting more and more and more the cinematography top tier chef's kiss beautiful it, it looks beautiful now of course there are complaints about some scenes being hard to see you know what i'm i'm okay with those scenes because they looked great but you know 
I maybe because I watched them at night. I turned off all the lights and watched House of the Dragon in the evening. So maybe for me, I just watched it the way they intended for people to watch it, which is turn off all your lights and watch House of the Dragon at at night when it aired. Because that's what I was. I was on there. I I put on HBO Max the moment House of the Dragon dropped. I want I went to go see it. I even saw it before it crashed. You know, my app would crash because everyone's been trying to watch it at the same time I've been trying to watch it but I don't care like I'll turn I'll start the app again I loved House of the Dragon I really was excited for it I I needed a show after Better Call Saul to get me just as excited for it and so I was very happy for House of the Dragon now House of the Dragon is the type of show that you don't need to have seen Game of Thrones to watch it. You don't have to have seen it. It's a lot of fun regardless, and it has its own story in the world of Westeros, its own conflicts, and you don't even need to know what happens. Because even though Game of Thrones does more or less spoil what happens at the end of House of the Dragon because they talk about the Dance of Dragons, still, there's a lot still to, like, look forward to so even if you've seen game of thrones and you know what's going to happen to our two lead characters Rhaenyra and alicent there's still plenty of surprises and plenty of things that they can make changes to because the world of game of thrones is such a vast world that it almost feels like you're looking into a real world this is so real to me westeros like middle earth with tolkien is such an engaging large world with so much unexplored territory and history that i'm actually really excited to see even more spin-offs from game of thrones i would love to see a snee snake uh television series that they're apparently going to develop i would love to see a duck and egg series and you might be wondering what the hell are these terms the See, it's such a big world that even Game of Thrones didn't even talk about what these things are. House of the Dragon, you know who the sea snake is if you've seen House of the Dragon. But Dunkin' Egg, you know, you might not know right away, but it's there. Now, I loved the performances in this series. House of the Dragon, you know, Patty Constantine as uh, Viserys Targaryen the King. What a wonderful, groundbreaking tour de force performance this man has really given his all like this is a man that you see him fall apart and at first you kind of want to laugh at him because he's such an incompetent king and he isn't seeing the writing on the wall with all the terrible things that are happening but he is so amazing at showing the layers and layers of Viserys Targaryen this man who wants to keep peace in the realm and isn't allowed to show how remarkable he is we love him I I stand him I think he is a great character and Patty Constantine you know I I mentioned in my Better Call Saul review that I think Bob Ordenkirk has one more shot at winning his Emmy for you know Saul Goodman slash Jimmy McGill and I'm like sitting here thinking, I really hope P Patty wins. I really hope Patty wins, or at least I hope they get a tie because I love both of these performances. And so Patty Constantine is going to be a sure, I'm going to say this, uh, is going to be a sure bet at the Emmys. If, if, if the crown doesn't give us like another big Emmy nominated performance from a man in their show, you know, then, then I think Patty is going to rest assured knowing that his one season or at least his one season on this show is going to be enough hopefully to get him that emmy 
it's gonna be great it, it i really am excited to see him you know hopefully win and i feel so bad for bob odenkirk why did we not give him an emmy this time it's like geez because then you got patty here showing up and giving like the performance of a lifetime here this is an amazing performance like especially this one scene where he has to climb up the iron throne it's like oh my god like tears in my eyes it's so enthusiastic i am this is the type of program that even my review right now i'm like really hyped up it's so good i just want him to win that emmy i really do i i want him to i think that he's going to be you know it's going to be considered you know either bob or patty doesn't win it's gonna it's gonna be one of those things where if neither one of them wins because maybe two great performances cancel themselves out you know what it's gonna be seen as like you know a robbery it, it's a snub and i hope patty gets a strong M, you know emmy campaign hbo has the ability to do it they did it for zendaya they can do it for patty especially considering that this man has been a good actor for a long time and finally we're giving him his flowers give this man his flowers he is so good he is the heart of this damn first season of the show come on and we can't even have the excuse that maybe next year you know that his character is gonna either a show up in flashbacks maybe later on but no give him his performance this is great this is solid 10 out of 10 performance one of the best performances you'll ever see on television history real transformation throughout brilliant brilliant character brilliant performance and patty constantine just you know what i I, I have always liked Viserys Targaryen, the character, but he gave a real heart to this character that even George R. R. Martin, the writer of the damn books, has admitted that Patty changed his view on the character Viserys. He it changed his view, changed his view, you know, and I think that is powerful. That is that is powerful that even the writer of, in the originator admits that his own creation of Viserys is nothing compared to this one performance and one character. Uh, and so there's so many good performances go through matt smith as damien targaryen now damien targaryen is this loose cannon immature rogue prince who throughout the episodes does grow and develop but he still keeps that unpredictability the fact that you know we have these characters that ordinarily on game of thrones the villains are way more unpredictable but then they keep this like over the top evilness to them i like the fact that matt smith's character is still you know by the end of the series or at least end of the season i mean series one or season one whatever wherever you're listening to that i guess that's normal to call the first season a first series this this season he is able to still keep that energy that unpredictable energy but he is allowed to still grow his character out like this character is compassionate and shows real you know love and so i like the fact that we don't have this like cartoony over the top game of thrones villains which i love those villains but i'm glad that in this show around they decided to give more depth to daemon targaryen because it makes him a lot more approachable and you understand why he was such a likable character and why people really like him and matt smith maybe it, it's because matt smith is so likable that you can't help it and so i'm happy to say that his performance as damon targaryen is not at all disappointing it is great brilliant performance and i 
I am hoping that in the future he is able to get that Emmy because Patty is going to be stealing that Emmy. And you know what? If they want to cheat and do Best Supporting Actor, well then, you know, he's got some competition from Reese Efrens. He plays Otto Hightower, the... The let's just say I hate Otto Hightower so much. I hate him. I hate him so much. But you know what? Reese is so good that my hatred of him, it's like I get it because you're doing such good work. Otto Hightower and is just the fact that he's such a conniving evil character. And so I just find the writing for all these characters brilliant. But I wanted to move on, quite frankly, to Rhaenyra and Alicent. Two characters that I absolutely adore as well. These two characters are also the heart of the show. They are, at first, you would think that Damon and Viserys would be the main conflict of the series, but as you go on, you really see it's Rhaenyra Targaryen and Alicent Hightower. Millie Alcock and Emily Carey play them in the first six episodes, and I just loved love their performances. You can see how these characters loved each other very dearly as children, but then seeing them fall apart and grow apart, it's heartbreaking because you really grow to cherish this friendship and then it just falls apart and you're just like heartbroken. I got heartbroken because, you know, Allison and Rhaenyra, they were like my sapphic friends. You know, they were just, you know, giving lesbian overtones. They loved each other that much. And even the actresses admit that they kind of put that in there intentionally. So don't come for me. The actresses did too. Actresses definitely put that in their performances, especially Emily Carey, who herself is a queer actress and has admitted that she puts her put it in, in her performance. I would love to see these actors give get Best Supporting Actress nominations. I wish there was more than one category because they both deserve an Emmy. But Millie Alcock, between the two of them, is brilliant as Rhaenyra Targaryen. Rhaenyra Targaryen is feisty, you know, charismatic. She reminds me a lot of Daenerys Targaryen, and it's so, so good, you know, so good. Like, you know, I just found myself like really rooting for Rhaenyra Targaryen, and even though she, you know, for all intents and purposes, we you know, don't always want to support real war crimes, but I'll, I'll support whatever the hell Rhaenyra Targaryen wants to do, you know, I'll support her even at her worst, and she just really is a great successor to this, to the wonderful performance of Amelia Clark as Daenerys Targaryen, and I know Amelia Clark got a lot of controversy when she first started the role, people saying she wasn't a good actress, but she's always, she always was a good actress. And so I'm glad to see Millie Alcock be able to fill those shoes exceedingly well, playing the likable woman in this show, creating this likable young girl thrust into this political turmoil, just like the beginning of Amelia Clark's performance in as Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones. So that is a compliment to be able to succeed that performance and to be able to be have such a big fan base. And then let's talk about them at an older age. Rhaenyra Targaryen and Alicent Hightower are then, in episode 6, 7, 8, and 9, the last four episodes, then transition over to older, act- to older actors. I don't want to say older actresses because that would be inaccurate. Emma Darcy, they give such a great performance as Rhaenyra Targaryen that I really hope they also get nominated for an Emmy. I would love to see them get some recognition. Emma Darcy is brilliant just the fact that 
they were able to give such a pronounced, strong performance. Emma Darcy has this wonderful, sexy, you know, demanding voice that is like powerful. Like it demands your attention. It is so good. Especially these scenes where like Emma Darcy's character, Rhaenyra, has to remember the past and is heartbroken about it. It's just, there's so many good close-ups of Emma Darcy. Emma Darcy is like Elizabeth Sh Elizabeth Moss, you know, just no is the as the master of close-ups emma darcy takes advantage of these close-ups and it's just absolutely brilliant i don't want to spoil too much because again this is more of an overall view of the season rather than just you know bit by bit and then allison hightower played by olivia cook is anger she is angry she is bitter she is so much energy so many emotions and i absolutely dug it she made me hate Allison Hightower and for those of you who want to know I am team blacks I am team Rhaenyra Targaryen fuck Allison Hightower fuck the greens but you know what they made me th it, this is good writing they make me actually hate these characters and actively want to fight against them I haven't felt this way for these for characters in so in, in a while now like you know I was team Kim Wexler team you know Saul Goodman you know, in Better Call Saul. So for me to have this much energy for a show is like, oh, brilliant. You know, I, I, I'm i rooting for these characters in the same way I was rooting for Kim Kim Wexler. And you know what? Allison Hightower, you know, I root for her to go to the grave. I hate her that much. <laughs> but you know what? I hope one day she finds some happiness. But you know what? She's a fictional character, so I shouldn't hate her that much. But damn, damn. And then I... Just a special shout out real quick to Eve Best as Renice Targaryen and the actors who've throughout the episodes played Aegon Targaryen and Aemon Targaryen, those actors and Lenor, they all give really wonderful performances. They're played by multiple actors, so I just want to say that I'm excited to see how these actors uh, go on in their careers, but I, I am most excited to see Aemon Targaryen uh, as a character. He is gonna be interesting he's gonna they give him more now there might be some changes to the book and i and i'm gonna say this in regards to aemon targaryen i do agree with the change that they made but i understand some people think it makes him look less badass but honestly the book itself summarizes more so than it gives details so i'm more interested in how like these characters you know sometimes aren't as evil as maybe the writing's would say because fire and blood the book reads like a historical record where things are summarized more so than they are given details so the way it's written it's almost like a limited perspective it's a very limited almost unreliable narrator sort of vibe in which for the most part we can yes agree that a certain character dies a certain way or a certain character is killed by a certain character like amar targaryen does end up killing somebody but in the book it's sort of like intentional in this series they make a change where it's a little bit less intentional so you you sit there and think i think it's better this time around because it does create an interesting sister point to the book where like the book you can almost read it like a historical record as as seen in the world of westeros and so it's a nice companion piece to the series where you can see the actual truth of what happened so there is something there and you know it, it leads to a lot of good opportunities for characters to grow and change so i'm excited to see how a season two will adapt these characters so i'll leave it at that 
I'll leave it at that. I'm excited to see how these characters and these conflicts are adapted in a season two. If there's anything, Steve Towsent as a Lord Chorus uh, Valerian, I wish the Valerians, considering that they are the one black African-American family that the series has, it's a, it's a disappointment that they're not given more to do, especially considering that I think that, you know, it does look a little off when you ha when your black characters, especially the fact that they went out of a way to write black characters and to include black characters are given nothing to do. And if they are given something to do, they are outshadowed by the white characters or they simply disappear for a couple episodes. Of course, Valerian disappears for a long time. Lena Val Valerian is, you know, given a story arc that is ultimately concluded with the actions of Rhaenyra Targaryen. So... You know, I wish they would do more with those characters. I understand that, you know, they, they have to focus on the Targaryens more, but it, it's a bit of a shame. It's a bit of a shame that these uh, characters aren't given more to do. So I guess if there's one thing I would say is I wish the Valerian family, who are purported to be a very important family in Westeros and happen to be the one black family in Westeros, it tells you a lot about the writing that they don't give them more to do i don't know what it is i hope it's not a race thing where like they were worried about writing black characters a certain kind of way i get it i know some people get nervous about writing characters of other races because they don't want to offend anybody but then they also don't give them anything to do so it's like you know you're doing a disservice by not giving these characters more to do so that if that's one detractor is that i wish the valerian family had more development outside of just renice targaryen played by eve best who is really great and some of the changes of the book, I understand, may not be everybody's preferences, especially the ending of episode 9 and the ending of episode 10, where these characters, you know, certain big changes are made, like at the coronation of this one character or the death of another character. It's, you know, it, it I get it, but I, I'm going to see how the show goes. I'm going to see the ways the show, you know, moves on. I, I want to see how that goes. But I am very excited about House of the Dragon Season 2. I think House of the Dragon Season 1 is going to be an Emmy darling. This show is going to be an Emmy darling no matter what. It This is going this is a great spinoff. You don't have to have watched Game of Thrones to really enjoy it. I am excited to say that House of the Dragon is an amazing, remarkable achievement in television. Great performances from, all, from an ensemble of talented wonderful performances you know if you haven't seen it you know grab emma darcy's favorite drink a negroni spaghetto with prosecco in it go grab one of those sit down and watch hbo max's or hbo rather game uh, house of the dragon and watch game of thrones too if you want you know game of thrones ended badly but house of the dragon redeems the franchise and i'm excited to see what else the world of westeros has to provide I hate the fact that 2020, I have to wait till 2024 to watch House of the Dragon Season 2 because I want more of it. House of the Dragon is amazing. Go watch it. You are, not, you are missing out if you don't watch it.